When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As we gear up for the biggest year in politics, one thing we can all do now is start voting with our wallets. By supporting brands and companies that share your values, you're sending a message. It's like buying a team jersey, and we're on Team Sanity. Our sponsors are, too. So before we get behind the candidates, let's get behind the people, our people. Everyday men and women who have started businesses across the country, people just like you and me. Support a Clan Buck sponsor and let your voice be heard. The more of us that support them, the louder our collective voice becomes. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in. It is finally election day 2024. I hope all of you are having a fantastic start to the week, particularly if you are in frigid planet of hot style Iowa, where all of you have the ability to set the national agenda for the very first time. For months, years even, we have been talking about what the votes were going to look like in 2024, and at long last, today, we will begin to hear from the people themselves. No polls, nothing else other than a lot of individual caucuses. Feels like it should be caucus I, perhaps. Caucuses all over the state of Iowa and Buck, the battle, it appears, I say it appears, to be over who is going to come in second place as Donald Trump has apparently opened up a big lead. There was an expectation that we could see record turnout for these caucuses, 200,000 or more. The weather has thrown that a bit into an uproar. No one seems to know exactly what the turnout will look like or how it will impact all of the top candidates. I followed it. I'm sure you did as well, Buck, over the weekend. Every candidate, according to the candidate, having massive turnouts, everyone with fabulous momentum. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is arguing it. Nikki Haley is arguing it. Ron DeSantis is arguing it. Donald Trump is. And so we will wait 
And tomorrow when we come on, we will have the first victor of 2024. Cannot wait on that. Fonnie Willis finally has come out and, uh, and addressed the allegations against her at a church service of all places. And whenever you say, hey, do you expect me to be perfect? Probably a pretty big sign that you have done whatever is being alleged against you. We will get into that. Uh, but this is Iowa caucus analysis day, the final one where we won't have actual votes cast. And Buck, would you buy in with me that we expect the overall story to be who is going to come in second place? If Ron DeSantis comes in second place, I think that's actually good for Trump because Nikki Haley is looking strong in New Hampshire. If she comes in second in Iowa as well, she would have a very legitimate argument, I think, coming out of New Hampshire in eight days that she would be able to go toe-to-toe with Trump two weeks until the Iowa primary. Uh, if Trump, sorry, the uh, South Carolina primary, if, uh, if DeSantis comes in second, then it's kind of a mess as to who is the, the, the challenger to Trump. That is probably the biggest story that is going to come out. That's presuming we don't get a once-in-a-lifetime style upset because Trump is expected to win. If he were to lose, that would really throw things into an uproar. What's your analysis here as we sit on Caucus Monday? Well, first of all, as you know, media loves to talk about extreme weather. So you're going to see more people out there. They're going to be wearing parka on top of parka as they're holding that microphone because the National Weather Service issued a wind chill warning for Des Moines forecasting a life-threatening wind chill, um, or as it's known in, like, northern Michigan and Minnesota Tuesday, um, wind chill values as low as 45 below zero are possible. 45 below zero. So you're going to hear a lot of people talking about that, and whether that affects turnout or not, I don't know. I think the good, sturdy people of Iowa are prepared for this kind of thing um, but, you know, weather does get attention. It's funny. That's why everyone loves the weather guy, because he gives you worthwhile information. Um, that's a big story going into, uh, what you, sorry, the weather, but what you talked about, Clay, uh, I think your analysis is honestly the consensus now because it's the reality. I, I don't think there's much of a debate that if Ron DeSantis comes in second, every contest then and every, you know, every percentage point feels like it matters going into not just New Hampshire, but then Super Tuesday. Uh, if Nikki Haley manages to come in second in Iowa, um, the DeSantis campaign, it feels like at least needs a miracle, um, a true miracle to be able to do it, really anything after that of consequence. I think there's a possibility if Nikki Haley comes in second, you'll hear a lot of speculation that maybe Trump will make her an offer she can't refuse, as in, you're going to lose to me, Nikki. Do you want to be vice president? I know a lot of Trump voters are going to are going to say, oh, he would never do that. He's Trump the deal maker. If he could seal this thing up, save a lot of time and cash, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's unthinkable at all. Bring the donor class together might calm some of the donors and the GOP down. But another big story over the weekend, we haven't mentioned this name yet. And by the way, we've got Biden polls. I mean, there's so much data to talk to you about today that gives you a real sense of where all this is going. But Clay, Vivek Ramaswamy got his first taste of what happens when you cross Trump. Are we all ready for this? Here you go. Trump tweeted, or rather truthed, sorry, on Truth Social, a, v- a vote for Vivek is a wasted vote. I like Vivek, but he played it too cute with the caucus tonight. 
Vote for Donald Trump. Build up the numbers in November. We must take back our very troubled nation, uh, a nation in decline. Actually, this isn't even the worst. Uh, there's another truth. I didn't, this is the second one. A nation decline back from crooked Joe Biden. But he tweeted out, um, I keep saying tweeted. He truthed out Clay. Essentially, um, the big, the big headline was Vivek is not MAGA. That is what he says. After all of this, what do you make of that? I mean, should we just have expected this was coming? Yeah, look, I, I, I've got the actual, uh, truth, I think, in front of me right now. Vivek started his campaign as a great supporter, the best president in generations, et cetera. Unfortunately, now all he does is disguise his support in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. Very sly, but a vote for Vivek is a vote for the other side. Don't, don't get duped by this. Vote for Trump. Don't waste your vote. Vivek is not MAGA. Uh, okay. So, uh, so that is a direct attack. And we said at some point that this might happen. And you mentioned the idea of Trump grabbing Nikki Haley as his VP. And there are people out there in Trump world who say, no, we will not stand for this. Buck, yes, they will. Anything Trump does, they will defend because it was like a light switch. Everybody, by and large, had been pretty positive in Trump world about Vivek. The second this truth post went out, suddenly Vivek was awful. It was like Trump had uh, ordered the code red on Vivek. And I, I think Vivek, I saw his response, which I thought was solid. But you, we've been hitting on this for some time. At some point, if you are Vivek, Trump is the greatest president of my life, effectively, is what he said. But I can be better. At some point, if he became a threat, you knew Trump was going to take a shot at him. To me, this is Vivek potentially going to get 10% or so in Iowa. And Trump is looking at that and saying, that might be the difference between me having a true landslide or not. Also, not only in Iowa, but also New Hampshire and sort of throwing a brushback pitch at Vivek. At some point, the shark becomes tired. I don't, I don't say that, um, without respect for the fact that, uh, Vivek is a, is a phenomenal communicator and you and I are guys who make a living communicating. Um, he's at the top tier in terms of his ability to debate and to, to handle things, uh, you know, that are thrown at him on the fly better than, you know, almost any other political candidate. I mean, Ron is very good as well. He doesn't have quite the same rhetorical flourish sometimes that, that Vivek does, the same uh, passion. But uh, here's here's what I'm seeing. This was always the fundamental flaw, and this is what I said to people all along. I said, you can't say, vote for me, I'm the guy, but the other guy who's already had the job was amazing and perfect. It, it just it eventually collapses in on itself, and that's exactly when I said this last summer. That's exactly what's happened now. Because you can only have one president, and Trump is realizing, I think, that the ability that ten percentage points makes, uh, you know, could make a difference, especially in in these early contests about perception about how everything is going. Um, so I would also, to your point about people changing their minds about Vivek, you know, one thing, especially as things have gotten close here, it's a lot of heat being thrown our way. Also, it's fascinating. I want all the people that say Rush would have endorsed Trump to have the argument with all the people who are saying Rush would have endorsed DeSantis and to also argue with all the people who are saying Rush would have endorsed Nikki Haley 
because he actually would have endorsed nobody, which is what we have done here. And we know this from over 30 years of being the best in radio um, and and building, you know, this house that we now try to continue to serve. Um, but it's been kind of funny, Clay, because people are they're all saying, oh, you know, this last minute push vote for my guy or push for my guy. Um, and people have gotten a little nasty about some of the candidates. You know, we there are some people that have switched from Vivek is amazing to Vivek is fake. Yeah. In 24 hours. And I just hope everybody listening notices we don't trash DeSantis here. We don't trash Trump here. We speak honestly about people that we think are exceptional in the field and we try to present different points and points of view, right? But that's a different thing. I've never sat here. You've never sat here and said, you know, Trump can't win or, or, uh, DeSantis is a rhino or what, you know, we let the people decide who are listening to this. I'm seeing people that were, very pro-Vivek all of a sudden say things about him that make you think, oh, so it was all just whatever they were told to say. Yes, and I think there's a lot of that in general. And and I would just, I always think of uh, the politics as as sports, but with hardly any actual games. And And that's where it's more difficult because you can make an argument about anything in sports and then the game's played and you either own the result or you look like an imbecile. Um, and finally, we're getting the game played, right? We're getting the actual tangible results that will be coming in. In about seven or eight hours, they'll start rolling in. And that is when everybody has to assess where exactly their candidates are. And there is a world right now where Ron DeSantis late tonight is ex- proclaiming victory because he kept it a lot closer against Trump than anybody expected. And he lost by 10 or 15 or whatever the math might end up being. But he feels like he's going to get a real, uh, you know, landslide rolling into, uh, New Hampshire. There is also a world where Nikki Haley late tonight, Buck, comes out and says, there's only one alternative. It's me. I came in second in Iowa. Nobody thought I would do that. Now it's on to New Hampshire and we will react based on what all of you in Iowa are doing. Let me just say this. I'm going to hammer this. You're going to hammer this, but I think this is important. Go vote. For all of the time that so many of you out there jump on social media and you argue and you get fired up and everything else, all of us only have one vote. Iowa right now, Buck, there's only about 200,000 people who are going to set the national agenda for what the Republican primary might look like going forward for the next several months and who the eventual nominee is going to be. That is an incredible privilege for you if you are listening to us in Iowa right now. I know it's incredibly cold, but only 200,000 of you get the opportunity, potentially, maybe less, to set the entire agenda of the nation. Please take the opportunity to go out and advocate for whomever you believe is the best, and you probably have gotten the luxury of being able to meet these guys or gals face-to-face. You've been able to go see them talk. You can judge them far better than the average person can. You've seen them on the trail I can't wait to see the actual results coming in tonight. Same here. One thing that I would also add into the background of this discussion is you're saying everybody should go. I guess we should tell them and I have to go caucus, right? Is that, yes. is that the, uh, is that the, but really you're voting, you're right? You're voting. A little piece of paper, you got go to show up. Yeah. 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 You got a caucus and then you can vote. Uh, you know, showing up to the caucus tonight. Um, here's one thing to keep in mind and I'll give you the numbers, Clay. I'll, I'll give everyone the numbers right when we come back. Does anyone want to guess, of the three top-tier Republican candidates, how many of them comfortably beat Joe Biden based on polling in swing states, based on the states that really are going to determine things for this election? 
Anyone want to take a guess? Three for three. Haley, DeSantis, Trump, all beating Biden right now. We can give you some of those numbers and what this means coming up here in a moment. No doubt. Look, also a lot of you going to be watching the NFL because we got, I don't know if you saw this, they moved the Buffalo Bills game in Buffalo from yesterday to today over crazy weather conditions. And as a result, I also hope some of you hopped on board with this one. I gave you out a prize picks play. I said, hey, this thing will hit 10 to 1 if we get all of these things to happen. And uh, I came out and I said, look, I like Joe Flacco to throw for more yards than he's projected. I like David Njoku, his tight end, to go for more yards. I like for Tyreek Hill to go under on his receiving yards. Guess what? We went three for three in those prize picks. If you went along with us, you have now doubled your money plus. And tonight... If Josh Allen doesn't throw for as many yards as is projected, then you will make 10x your money. You can also hedge it right now, but if you put down 10 bucks, that means you've gotten back 25. You put down 100, that means you've gotten back 250 already, and you might be able to get back a thousand. A lot of fun. They'll match your money. There's no risk. Why don't you go check it out yourself? PrizePicks.com/slash/clay. You can get in some uh, picks right now if you're in Texas, if you're in Georgia, if you're in California, and you've been feeling left out. Lots of different states out there. Trust me, prizepicks.com slash clay. Just put in that website right now. Go check it out. Buck, maybe a 10-to-1 payoff. Can I ask you here? So I'm stuck on this one on my prize picks right now. Baker Mayfield, who I am now learning is a quarterback, Yes. Is he going to go more or less on the 236 yards, Clay? I would go make under for Baker Mayfield on 236 I'm going yards. under. We're going to hold not, Clay to account on this one. This is fun. This is like the Clay, healthy. this is the Clay accountability meter here on sports. I love it. I'm going less. No doubt. Uh, and, and again, they'll match your money up to a hundred bucks, basically getting a hundred dollars in free picks. All you have to do, prizepicks.com slash Clay. Go do it. If you played our last, uh, last picks, like I said, you got a 10 to 1 payout potentially coming down. You've already nearly tripled your money, uh, on those first three guys hitting. Just go check it out right now. Prizepicks.com slash clay. One more time. Prizepicks.com slash clay. Promo code, of course, clay as well. Get hooked up today. Prizepicks.com slash clay. Stay on top of election news with 24 from Clay and Buck, a weekly podcast you can find on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Second hour of Clay and Trump kicks off today, uh, which is, of course, you just said Clay and Trump, which is an unbelievable uh Did unbelievable I just do that? I'm sorry, I was, looking, <laughs> I was looking at a photo of Trump as I was talking. I'm sorry. Clay and Buck. There's Buck, so, much, so known much for Trump. your claimed, so much for your claimed uh, lack of endorsement. Some people are saying the best hair in the world, two guys, two guys named Trump and Buck. We'll throw Clay in there, too. Three guys, amazing hair. Probably, like, the best hair you've ever seen. No, seriously, though. Sorry, I didn't. Mean, I meant Clay and Buck. That is a show you're listening to. I was looking at a photo of Trump, though, because here's what we've got. Here's what we've got going on. Um, I, I don't know when the last time was that I would cite, unless it was to make sheer mockery of it, a New York Times opinion column on this show, because generally 700-word form. But a former Republican, I think he's now an independent. I don't know. You know, whatever you got to do to keep jobs at these places that don't allow Republicans, this is what people do now, right? I think technically Joe Scarborough is an independent at MSNBC. Sure he is. Uh, I think Brett Stevens, I, I think he's an independent. I don't know if he's changed from Republican. I That's neither here nor there. He wrote a piece. Now, he is somebody whose job, in my opinion, is to generally try to gently inform the Democrat leftist lunatics about what some people on the right think while always saying, and they're so bad. I mean, the right is just, you know, they're they're really bad, but I'm here to sort of translate right-wing stuff for you. He's written this piece, The Case for Trump by Someone Who Wants Him to Lose. And let me, I'll make this, I'll make this quick. So I want to get, I want to get, uh, some of Clay's reaction on this because obviously it goes on for quite some time. The basic case is this. Democrats just don't believe that this is happening. 
But he says, and this is this is a line directly from the piece. Hold on a second. Where did? Of course, now my computer is frozen. Um, but he says that unless there's some kind of a miracle, Donald Trump is going to win. He says, barring a political mural or an act of God, a miracle or an act of God, it is overwhelmingly likely Donald Trump will again be the Republican Party's nominee for president. So he's saying, look, Trump's going to win the GOP nomination. This is this is Brett Stevens, who is sort of sort of a Republican, I think. I don't know, whatever. But he says this, Clay, and this is I I think this analysis is. In general, spot on, although he has to soft pedal it a little bit with like, I know there's bad things about Trump. He says, the single most important geopolitical fact of the last century, this is point one, is the migration of people from south to north and east to west, causing tectonic, demographic, cultural, economic, and political shifts. This is Stevens writing. Trump gets this. So on mass illegal immigration, Trump is right. The elites are out of their minds. Point two. When liberal elites insist things are going well, you look at all the data, it's going well for them. It's not going well for the whole middle section of the country. I don't mean that geographically. I mean that economically. The middle class that Democrats pretend to care about. Trump's right about that. And point three, institutions have failed. He is right about the failure of the CDC, failure of the FBI, failure of the CIA, failure of the media and journalism. And he's saying leftists, uh, Democrats, he doesn't say, call them leftists, obviously, but Clay, he says if Democrats don't wake up to these realities, they may wake up to an even more terrifying reality right after Election Day. So he's diagnosing the problem, which is that Democrat Party is living in a delusion. They're wrong on these things, and Trump is right on these things. Yeah, and and I thought it was an interesting piece because not necessarily for you and me and some of our uh, listenership out there who might have read it, but I try to think about what the New York Times readership would think of this, which is why, to your point, he has to catch this as the headline is, I'm not supporting Trump, but here, what's the headline again? It's even an interesting way that you have to almost be able to have this conversation with their audience. Well, but this is what I mean. This is why it's yeah. so interesting. You're right. I mean, he's the case for Trump by someone who wants him to lose. And so yes. I'm, I'm sifting through. Everything, he's like, look, look, yes, is Trump a Bulgarian and, you know, election denier, but he's kind of totally right about immigration and you guys need to wake up. And yes, is he mean about Fauci or whatever, or, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but is he mean about some of our institutions, but he's right about them and you guys need to wake up. Like, I, I think he's preparing the Democrats for the reality that they're in for a whole heck of a lot tougher fight in this election than they anticipated. All this legal crap is not, all the legal assault stuff they're doing is not working. No, and, and, and I think that a lot of them still haven't recognized it, which is why you have to talk to them as if they are very misinformed and uninformed. And, and I think this is important in general as you think about the way that the 2024 election is going to be covered. It is impossible. For everyone out there listening to us right now, not to be immersed in Democrat Party talking points, because the overall media leans so far to the left that even if you are a dyed-in-the-wool Trump supporter, or Ron DeSantis, or Nikki Haley, or Vivek Ramaswamy, whoever you're going to go support today in Iowa and in the future primaries in your state, even the talking points of People on the right who are running for president are very cognizant of all the arguments that are being made on the left. 
the left is not very knowledgeable about what's actually said on the right because they're dominant in so many different aspects of the media industry that they don't even pay attention to the arguments that are coming from the right. I, I, I think about this, Buck, uh, when, and, and we talked about this a little bit, but it happened in sports last week when Aaron Rodgers went on ESPN and just basically castigated Dr. Fauci and everyone else who had ridiculed him for not getting the COVID shot and talked about the fact that it didn't work and that meaning the COVID shot didn't work and that all the boosters were worthless by and large and that it had not fulfilled the expectation. And you could hear left-wingers' brains exploding because they aren't ever exposed to those arguments. And so it's considered to be, uh, in, and you know this because you lived in New York City, but there's a certain willful blindness to endorsing the Democrat Party arguments you don't even bother engaging with the arguments of the other side and explaining why they are wrong. You just know that your side is right because they believe in science and they believe in democracy and you never actually are forced to examine why someone else might believe the other side. And so you have a one-way argument. I would argue that's what made Gavin Newsom so flabby in the argument, the debate that he had with Ron DeSantis. Because people on the left aren't ever forced to engage with the arguments of the right, whereas the right is forced to constantly engage in the arguments of the left. So our 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 rhetorical skills are way more refined. I really believe that. Well, this is why college Republicans, you know, you see these kids sometimes they'll even pop up on on TV. They'll be like a senior at you know name some college somewhere, senior at Hillsdale College. And they appear on TV with with the polish of a professional broadcaster, and it's because they've spent the last you know eight years of their life basically arguing with high school teachers and college professors yes. and and getting good at it. Whereas a lot of liberals, even elite schools, are you're a racist. You know, they how have, they often got does absolute... that happen to you, Buck? Where you get into a conversation with somebody who's a little bit left leaning, and you share something that is fact, and they just have no idea it ever existed. Like oh, I, I love when they when the they time. stutter with the or you know they they they're they're stumped with something like well I, I I need to go I need to go check on that you know they're like they don't accept your facts I've I've come across that a lot although I try not to talk social stuff uh, or p- political stuff at social settings um, unless I'm where I was like this past weekend where everyone's you know a Navy or Marine and they're all they're all on board for America that was a lot of fun I'll talk about that later um, but Clay the the interesting thing to me is in this in this Brett Stevens piece. It is, it is trying to sort of slowly open the eyes of the Democrats who I, I think have been led to believe, and this could all change, but led, led to believe at this point, we don't even have to make the case for Biden or even make it against Trump. The Justice Department's going to do it for us. The prosecutors are going to finish this off. It's looking less and less likely that that's going to happen. And I think Stevens, as a service to Democrats who are the readership, you know, the, I mean, I, I mean, you and I subscribe to the Times so we can see what the enemy thinks. And the but, Washington Post, by the way. And, so I'm, of course. I, yes. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I'm reading these things all the time. I'm like, Oh, look, it's Paul Krugman again. Uh, he's going to say something that's wrong. Um, but the truth is if the Democrats do not wake, and what, by the way, this would be true of, of DeSantis or Haley as well, if they were the nominee, but this, I'm just going to shout at the Republican and say that he's a racist for pointing out the problems at the border. It's it's going to lose. 
That That's actually a losing argument in America today. All the polls show it. All the data shows it. And the Democrat Party has a major, major challenge. And then the other thing about the improvement of life or things going great, because there are a lot of Democrats, especially along the coast, who've got plenty of money, who think things are going great. Senator, the country doesn't feel that way. And particularly um, white, non-college-educated Working-class voters do not feel that way, and they are a key constituency in some of these sw- in some of the swing states. Yeah, and the thing that I thought that Brett Stevens got particularly right was Trump nailing the issue with if we don't have a border, we're not a nation. And as you see, the mayors of Chicago and New York and Washington D.C. and even Denver recently all begging for the flow of migrants to stop. Did you see J.B. Pritzker on? Uh, I think it was oh, yes. uh, ABC this week. And we may have that audio that we'll play for you later in the in the hour or next hour, where he basically implored the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, please stop sending people to Chicago. We don't have the ability to handle them anymore. And this is very important for everybody out there. All of these cities are getting a pinprick of what Texas deals with on a daily basis. And so what Greg Abbott has proven is the flawed system here of, oh, we can't have border security that Trump basically ran on in 15 he was 100 percent right and and importantly buck he said a lot of things that even joe biden himself said about border border security back in like 2008 2009 one of the big issues in american politics today i would say in general is somebody can have the right idea and if they're from the opposing party it automatically gets opposed just because the reflexive response is that person couldn't have a good idea. We have to be opposed to it. The border wall was not very controversial in 2007. Like the, it certainly wasn't considered racist there, there, in there 2007 a, and 2008. There was a bipartisan Secure Fence Act, and John McCain was actually running ads back when he was the nominee, talking about build the dang fence. That's that yeah. was the quote. You remember that? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean. But, but they were just pretending is the point. They weren't actually going to build it. It was just little pieces here and there. But the fact that that somehow became categorized as racist, and we need to talk about this with the Fannie Willis uh, uh, audio, the fact that she claimed. I think that, that that's racist. That argument has really collapsed. Even Even on the left, I don't see it having the same cogency that it's had in years past. I think the racism card, so to speak, has really started to collapse. And you've seen it, right? Biden tried to go down to Charleston and argue, hey, you know, they're they're racist, Republicans, all these things. I, I think it's increasingly getting harder and harder for even Democrats to make that argument. I think it's collapsing. You know, I was just talking about Hillsdale a moment ago and how impressive I've seen Hillsdale graduates out on the scene, including sometimes when they even pop up on, on TV to talk about issues of national importance but Hillsdale is the exception because there's a crisis in American education right now. Um, and for far too long, students haven't been taught properly about our American heritage and our American history. So many young Americans are rejecting the fundamental principles of liberty and the constitutionalism that is the foundation of this country. I mean, so many kids in college these days are being taught the founding fathers are villains. They're old white men. They're racist. They're toxic. They're bad. Well, as a society, this is a problem that we have allowed to go on for far too long. Some are taking action, though. Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College has been leading the way in promoting civic education. 
in the way that actually you want because they love and support and believe in America. This year, Hillsdale's producing 60-second radio spots called Constitution Minutes, short, clear lessons on the principles of liberty, and you'll hear them in this program. If you want to hear a Constitution Minute on demand, go to clayandbuck4hillsdale.com. That's clayandbuck4hillsdale.com. And while you're there, reserve a free pocket copy of the Constitution, courtesy of Hillsdale College. Clayandbuck4hillsdale.com, again, is that website. Sanity in an insane world. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. Welcome in. Hour number three. Buck, this is the last hour of the program we will do without there having been votes cast in the 2024 election. Tomorrow, we will be reacting to what all of you in Iowa elect to do tonight in your respective caucuses all over the frigid Hawkeye State. We hope that many of you listening will go out and make sure that you have your voices heard. In fact, everyone who can vote in Iowa is an incredibly privilege, incredible privilege. Around 200,000 of you expected to be out. Your voice is going to be monumental. And as Republicans head to the caucuses in, in, in Iowa, remember, I think this is important, Buck, Defender of Democracy Joe Biden erased the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary from the Democrat calendar because he came in fourth in 2020 in Iowa, fifth in New Hampshire, and he didn't want any Democrat challengers. So I I really think this is a part of this story that is not talked about very much, the reason why Democrats aren't having a caucus tonight uh, and the reason why the Democrat primary in New Hampshire, most of those pretty much being ignored, is because Joe Biden changed after decades of Iowa and New Hampshire, both looming large for each political party. Joe Biden changed the overall calendar because he did awful in both of those states every time he's elected to run for president, going all the way back to 1988. And, Buck, if you remember, the reason why Iowa and New Hampshire have their uh, popularity, have their importance at the beginning of these uh, presidential campaigns, is the idea that voters in those states get an opportunity to actually meet the candidates, get to know them. I'll just point out that the voters who have consistently gotten to know Joe Biden the best have been consistently unimpressed by him and have not rendered him to be a viable candidate for the presidency. Because the overall story, typically for Iowa, is not that Iowa selects the next president of the United States or even the nominee for the presidency of the United States, but just that they serve as a winnowing of the field. In other words, that they cut it down to three or so candidates. Now, we really only have four candidates even competing. I know Asa Hutchison's still in the race for some reason, but nobody is supporting him. What I think is interesting coming out of Iowa, and tell me if you agree with this thesis, I don't know that anybody's going to be dropping out. And everybody is going to roll on to New Hampshire, and ultimately, the longer these guys and gals all stay in the race, the more it helps Trump, because 
as long as Vivek is there, although that takes some votes away from Trump probably, but as long as Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are both in this race, there is no direct Trump alternative to be chosen, and that ultimately benefits Trump in a big way. This is uh, reminiscent of 2016, as we have discussed, when there were two primary and three altogether uh, non-Trump candidates who had, let's say, double-digit shares of the vote or close to that, and Trump was able to vanquish them effectively one by one because with too many of them in, nobody could ever get a big enough chunk of the electorate to, to defeat him. I think there's a very good chance something like that happens again. And in this instance, you know, the, the individual incentive for each of the candidates is, I think, very much to stay in. You stay in as long as you can. Remember, it's all about, especially for the other, the rest of the field, like, you know, Bernie Sanders ran in, in uh, what, in 2020? It's kind of it for Bernie Sanders, right? I mean, it was going to happen then or it wasn't going to happen again as a Democrat or, you know, as a politician because of his age. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. I mean, Vivek. Vivek is younger than you or me. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of crazy. Think about it. I think um, Vivek is 38. Yeah. And they have truly decades ahead of them, uh, to build notoriety brands and, and a, hopefully a portfolio of, of accomplishments that benefit the country. Uh, so for them, I think that the, the long play is very much part of the consideration. So I think dropping out too early. Now you could argue though, you know, if you drop out on the earlier side, are you able to position yourself more as somebody who did what was best for the country and it wasn't about ego or individualism? I don't know. I, I could see it both ways, but I think they're all going to stay in until there's brand damage to be done by continuing to stay in and, and or they're out of money. So I think they stay in as long as they re- reasonably can. And I think we have cut 28 from uh from Ron DeSantis saying, yeah, even if I come in third, I'm not dropping out. Listen to this. You are not dropping out of this race tonight or tomorrow, no matter what. We're going, we're going on. Uh, we're, we're, this, we've been built for the long haul. It's all about the accumulation of delegates. Even if you come in third place tonight, there's no chance your campaign is dropping out. Is that what you're saying? There's no chance. We're in it for the long haul. We're going to do well. I know the media likes to do the speculation. I'm, I'm excited. Just asking the I'm excited. I'm excited for the votes to come in because that'll be the first real data point. Okay. So DeSantis saying he's going to stay in. We'll see what happens when the votes start to come in tonight. I'm super excited. I bet like a lot of you, I'm going to be flipping back and forth between Fox News and the playoff game because down in Tampa Bay, uh, the Bucks are going to be going head to head with the Eagles. So I will be watching the NFL playoff games. We also have a kickoff. A lot of you listening in New York, the Bills are going to be going up against the Steelers. A lot of you listening in Pennsylvania, that game was moved. So it's a it's a packed day, uh, not to mention that it's a Martin Luther King uh, holiday. And certainly uh, we want to acknowledge uh, all of the work that Martin Luther King did to make America a better place on this show and also point out that probably the most important quote of all, if you had to sum up Martin Luther King in, in one quote, and I went to a high school named after him in the, in the Nashville area, where, by the way, we may end up with a foot of snow buck, and the city of Nashville is, is, is just bonkers, because we never get this kind of snow. People can't drive in it. Um, I just went downstairs during our commercial break at the end of the second hour. There were six different teenage boys devouring food that my wife, when she comes back, is going to be. She's out right now with our youngest. The, they're basically standing puddles of water. These kids are a total mess. 
So there's chaos all over the South anytime there's snow, and we're getting walloped right now. Uh, but Martin Luther King said uh, to judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And unfortunately, in many parts of the Democrat Party today, all that matters is the color of your skin, not the content of your character. And we've ended up with this racial spoil system, which I think works against much of what MLK advocated for during the course of his life. But as we look at at, at this landscape and everybody going out to vote tonight in uh, Iowa, I think it's also worth keeping in mind that this is not a normal primary process because of the uh, lawfare that is currently underway against Donald Trump. And I think some people may stay in this race longer than they otherwise would because they're just thinking there still may be some chaos with this lawfare. And I believe we have audio. Uh, I wanted to make sure we played this because even though it is Iowa caucus day, I think this Atlanta prosecution of Trump buck has completely collapsed. Fonnie Willis went out and finally addressed the allegations that she hired her lover, broke up his marriage, uh, and paid him $650,000. And she did that in a church. Uh, and she said, of course, race is involved here. This was an MLK Day celebration, black church in Atlanta, cut three. You can no longer sit back and just let other folks do. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. See, we are all flawed, sinners, unworthy, imperfect, damaged, but we are qualified upon his call. Okay. We're all flawed and we're all sinners, Clay, but we're also not all state's attorneys who are trying to prosecute 18 people, I think it is, including yeah. a presidential candidate. It might, the number might be a little higher than that. A presidential candidate. So there are some things that are expected of you in that role for which, you know, I'm a sinner too doesn't cut it. And, and by this is, this is not going to cut it. I think she's trying to create a, some kind of a, like a PR shield for herself with, with all of this stuff, whether it's about racism or we're imperfect or whatever it is. The answer to, if you're a public official and you're being accused of real corruption, remember, she didn't pay him $600,000 of her money. She paid him $600,000 of the public's money. Yes. Right? So this is a, this is an issue of public concern. If you didn't do it, you say you didn't do it. Anything Correct. else that you're saying is just effectively an admission of, oh yeah, I'm in a whole lot of trouble, but I'm hoping the politics of this will excuse my unethical and possibly criminal behavior and this also goes to <clears throat> let's assume that she's uh she's done the things that, that she's accused of right now and so she's the one who's going to bring this first ever prosecution in the history of the republic for rico a effectively a racketeering uh prosecution of a leading republican presidential candidate i mean this this is insane Right. Yes. I mean, and enough Americans. This is what has happened here. and I think it's reflected in all the polls that we're talking about. Enough of the American people see this for what it is. And that, that's why I think maybe this is just look, Democrats completely. Mis I've said this before. They completely miscalculated 
in 2016 on, if we just show enough Trump, people will think this guy's crazy. Did they miscalculate with, if we just indict him enough, we can destroy him? I That's think the where they miscalculated a couple of things here. One, yes, they miscalculated. Because it's hard to argue that you're the party that wants to save democracy when you're trying to put your chief political rival in prison for the rest of his life and take him off the ballot. And I think that registers with a lot of people. Second part of this, she's trying to play the race card. Uh, showed up at a black church, uh, again, as we said earlier in the program, if I accuse one of my kids of doing something wrong and they immediately respond, I'm not perfect, uh, you shouldn't judge me on the standard of perfection, they probably did it. But she's also trying to say, oh, they're attacking Nathan Wade, her alleged lover, because he's a black man and saying he's not qualified for that reason. No, there wasn't a single ounce of criticism of Nathan Wade. In fact, nobody even knew his name until it came out that she was potentially sleeping with him and had paid him $650,000 in Georgia taxpayer money to try to go after Donald Trump. This is a relatively low standard to set. Most people should be able to step over it pretty easy. If you are trying to put a former president in prison for the rest of his life, and you are the prosecutor, here's what we would suggest. Don't hire your uh mistress, your mister, however you want to classify him, your paramour, and don't pay him $650,000 in cash and try to argue that the reason you're getting attacked is because you're black. I don't even know who the two other special prosecutors she hired was, but unless she's also allegedly sleeping with them, I'm not coming after the accusation, coming after them, right? This is, I think this Georgia prosecution now, Buck, is dead on arrival. I think it's just a question of when she's going to be forced to step down and whether she's going to face criminal charges. I think this one has fallen apart. Now, it was unlikely this case was ever going to be resolved before the election in 2024, but I think you can effectively take this one off the board. I don't think anything's going to happen here. Cynical cynical um, assessment of this. She always knew that it wasn't going to be done in time and just did this because... It creates a narrative of her as a political fighter against Trump, means that she'll get book deals, means she'll always be welcome on MSNBC and CNN, and bringing the case was what she really wanted to do. And that eventually, well, she'll see what happens in the election, but even if it ends up completely falling apart and she withdraws the case, I think Fonnie Willis believes this was a win for her. And that's why people see the justice system, that's why people see the criminal prosecution of trump as such a sham because it is no doubt and it may well still benefit her because she could get elected mayor of atlanta she could get potentially a statewide electoral nomination just based on this but again this prosecution i think is over and as soon as iowa and new hampshire have voted i think more and more attention is going to be foisted upon this, but I wanted to make sure that we played that audio. That is her response to all the allegations against her. You know, I celebrated the 90th birthday of uh, Admiral Flatley, my grandfather-in-law, over the weekend. Amazing to think that a person born in 1934, how much he's witnessed over the course of his life, the incredible stories, all the memories, and the stories are rich and meaningful, and I would just assume that they'd be amazing for future generations to hear. But how can you share all those photos and videos that you have about a life of many decades well-lived? Uh, well, it's important to preserve it. And that's why I recommend Legacy Box to digitally preserve your old media. 
Legacy Box is based here in Tennessee. they got a team of 200-plus technicians. They digitally transfer photos, videos, slides, Super 8 film reels, and many other types of old media onto brand-new digital files that will work with everything and be shareable today and be safely stored for future generations. They do this by hand to carefully preserve your memories. These new digital files let you and your family forever hold on to what's on those cassettes or film reels. Look, Clay and I have both used Legacy Box ourselves. In fact, my father-in-law was just filling up a Legacy Box over Christmas, and they've gotten back some of the stuff. We're going to post some of the cool photos and videos, a lot of military stuff, on clayandbuck.com in the weeks ahead. So go online now. Go to LegacyBox.com slash buck. Get 50% off and get started today. That's LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K. He's Buck Sexton. He's Clay Travis. Together, they're breathing sanity into an insane world. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Clay and Buck. Uh, we're going to take some of your calls to close us out here. Also, go to clayandbuck.com. Become a VIP so you can send us all those great emails that we read and talk about throughout the show. You'll also see uh, some fun photos of the party for Admiral Flatley's 90th. A lot of Navy folks there. Turns out, Clay, Army beat Navy this year in the football game. So... We got some emails about that. That's what I, I didn't even remember. I guess it speaks to the gambler in me. I had the under and I knew the under hit and I knew that one of them got stopped at the goal line at the very end that would have put the over over and also potentially changed the outcome of the game. But it was great. You wanted me to yes, give no, you I know my, we're, we're getting into it right yeah. now. You were going to make the case. Now you're not saying you want this, but Clay said the case for Nikki as VP, if you are a Nikki Haley supporter or somebody that thinks he should be VP, what it, what would that case be? I even think the argument is it really just boils down to this. There are going to be two things that Democrats run on. Okay. Uh, they are going to run on democracy and January 6th and the danger to our country. We know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. The other one is abortion. And if you believe that Trump is going to be the nominee I actually think Trump is handling the abortion question pretty well. Um, if you, th- and, and the person who I think has handled the abortion question, the best of all Republican candidates out there is Nikki Haley. And if you believe that this election is going to come down to what suburban women in Atlanta and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and Phoenix, all of these different suburban areas with educated college women who would traditionally be Republican voters but are a bit put off by the, uh, by the, how would you say, like the bull in a china shop aspects of Donald Trump. I think Nikki Haley could help with those audiences because she is very similar to many of the independent voters out there. And what they're going to try to tell these women is, just be aware, if your 14 or 15-year-old daughter gets pregnant, Republicans, like the Handmaid's Tale, are going to come knocking on your door, and they're going to demand that your 15-year-old daughter have the baby. Okay, That's what they're going to sell to all these suburban women. I think that's a harder thing to sell if Nikki Haley is the vice president and, frankly, if Trump is the president. So that is the pitch. Now, could Christy Noam do that? Could Elise Stefanik do that? Uh, could other women that Trump is probably considering also have that same impact potentially, but that would be my argument for why Nikki Haley as VP could be helpful for Trump. And I just, I don't buy into this idea that people are genuinely going to rebel against Trump if he picked Nikki Haley as his VP. I just don't buy into it. Now, I'm not saying that's the pick I would make. I'm just saying that's the argument for why she could make sense for a Trump ticket. Now, it's a little bit like uh, we used to hear. We hear less of it now, but people saying if my person doesn't win the primary, I'm not going to vote. And I think there's an understanding given we all see, everybody sees, even Democrats see what a disaster Biden is. You just don't want four more years of this, right? I mean, this is this is the part where, you know, there's that meme where like knights all take out their swords and yes. they all agree at the table. You could do one with, you know, Trump, Nikki, DeSantis and, uh, uh, and, and, um, uh, Vivek. Vivek, thank you. Supporters all putting their swords down on the round table and in the center it's making sure Biden isn't president for four more years. Like, I, there is pretty universal agreement on that. 
I 100%. And I think this will die down. This is my prediction in a big way by Wednesday of next week. Because by Wednesday of next week, you will have had the voters of Iowa and New Hampshire actually being able to cast and tell you what they think of all these candidates. And I think a lot of the passions will die down. Buck, it reminds me of a big rivalry game when everybody's fired up and they're angry. I, when I would do sports and they're like, I'll never listen to you again, Clay Travis, because you picked Alabama to beat Auburn or vice versa or Ohio State to beat Michigan or vice versa. You know who shows up the next week and listens? Everybody, because the result of the game has happened and everybody wants to talk about the results. Same thing's happening Iowa, New Hampshire, across the entire political landscape. You know, it's a little bit like, you know, we're, we're here. We, we, we got to absorb some of the frustration that's out there from our own team sometimes. The same thing. You know, I, yes. I was, I was Ubering home last night. Uh, you know, I was coming back from South Carolina and the driver's like, yeah, man, I'm just, he's like, aren't you so upset about the Miami Dolphins? And I had to be like, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm like, really upset about i want to be like what happened i I have no idea but i'm very upset you know we absorb some of the frustration that our own team has right we're all on the same team but we absorb some of that frustration that's dolphins haven't won a playoff game since 2000 buck and they start they're looking like you now i know you grew up in the north but they it was super cold in kansas city and every member of the Miami Dolphins, it was minus 27 or whatever it was, wind chill. I actually was laughing, thinking about, they left, it was 80 degrees in Miami, and they flew to Kansas City for the minus 27. And their head coach in particular, they looked like they would rather be anywhere in the world than sitting there on the frozen oh. tundra of Kansas City. It's very, it's very real. Your body, even like brown fat, I think, changes based on how much cold, you know, you're, and all the cold plunge people, which is this huge trend we know on the internet. I, I'm neither for nor against. I know nothing. I just know people are cold plunging all the time. I don't want to get yes. in the middle of that. Um, but it's a real thing that if you get used to really, Really nice, easy temperature, and then you're in the freezing cold. You you can't handle it. Um, Rochelle in Massachusetts, speaking of the cold, uh, wants to make a she wants to make a pitch. Rochelle, we'll give you like thirty seconds here to make a pitch for Ron DeSantis last minute because that's why you called in. Go ahead. Hi, I want to make a pitch for DeSantis because I think he's the only truly pro-life. Uh, candidate that's running. That's certainly important to people in Iowa and a lot of places. And um, I, I don't uh, believe that uh, that Trump is is really pro-life anymore, based on statements, various statements he's made over the last few months, certainly the last week. Um, you know, I mean, if you believe that, um, for for example, if you believe that a six-week ban on abortion is too harsh, because uh, women don't know they're pregnant yet. You're probably not really pro-life. If you believe that a rape exception on pro-life legislation, if you believe that those are good, rape exceptions are all are good in themselves. Um, just because, so like a woman who's raped. Yeah, we, yeah, sure. thank you, Michelle. We get it. look. The the data reflects whether people want to believe. I, did, it or I didn't not. mean I to cut her off there, but we're just yeah. we're like in the last minute here of time, so. Uh, yeah, the data reflects that if you don't, Trump has said he's pro-exception, right? Rape, incest, life of mother, uh, all of those things, right? If you, you're certainly entitled to have any opinion under the sun, those are lose. If you do, if you don't believe, Ronald Reagan believed in those exemptions. If you don't believe in that, then you lose every election. And I understand people can say, well, it's a principle issue. What Trump is saying is. If you are going to not believe in those exemptions, then you end up losing nationwide races. And, and that is reflected in the data. 
Um, we will take, I'm sure a lot of people will want to make the case for their candidate quickly on the air tomorrow, especially after we have some data in from the Iowa caucuses. We will take a lot of calls I tomorrow. I cannot wait to get actual I votes, know, real Buck. results. Results, everybody. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, we'll all be talking tomorrow. See you then. Go vote. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.